So let's, uh, let's dip straight into the passage. It is Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. <clears throat> Just to say, uh, if you're getting a sense of déjà vu, you may have heard me speak on this passage before uh, a couple of years ago, but it is such an important passage that I didn't want to pass on it again. Um, so uh, I'm sure I'm going to say something new and exciting today. It goes, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Father God, um, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways that it challenges us and inspires us. And as we spend time looking to this passage tonight, I just pray that you will challenge us, um, that you will help us know how to respond to it, and that it will be a great blessing to us. Amen. Uh, So can I just uh, start by saying, as I talk about forgiveness this evening, this has been a really hard sermon to plan, Um, particularly as I've gone on with it, I've been struggling with it more and more. Let me tell you a story from the last week to kind of illustrate um, why that might be. I was um, walking down Acre Lane, which uh, the educated will know is towards Screwfix. Now, as a buildings manager, I get very excited when I come towards Screwfix. Um, It means they've got so many drills. And um, I just get really excited about buying new tools. So I was in my own world. I had my headphones in. I was listening to an audiobook. I was wondering, what are they going to have in today? Can it fit inside my budget? The answer is almost certainly not. And um, I wasn't paying attention. And um, before I knew it, I felt this bam on my arm as I walked down the street. And um, I hadn't noticed, but someone had come past me. And I don't know quite which bit of his body he was using, but I think he must have had his elbow out. And very hard had bashed me on the arm. Now... Um, It didn't hurt that much, to be honest, but uh, I was slightly indignant. So I turned around and gave him a look and uh, sort of went to go, what went on there? And uh, and he turned around, and I was sort of expecting a very English encounter that he'd go, oh, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. And I would, of course, then apologize for doing nothing. And and, and that's how that would end. And it didn't quite go as I expected. He turned around and went, all right, then. And he turned around, he squared up to me. He was not a small man. Um... And he had, for some reason, a jar of jam in a bag that he was waving around. And he, he, he squared up to me and went, you are a, I can't say the word. Um, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, for, for completeness sake, let's say cranberry. He called me a cranberry. And, um, 
And I didn't want to hurt him, so I turned around and walked away. <laughs> and for a couple of minutes, I was very, very angry about this. Um, but actually, before very long, I started to realize that you know, he hadn't really hurt me. Um, it, and actually, what I really started wondering was, what was going on with this man that he was so angry that he was going to start calling strangers in the street cranberries? And um, it really started me thinking about this whole issue of forgiveness because that, that was a very small thing. And there are things that we have to forgive that are very small and petty and that some of us do carry around for a long time, but they're very, very easy to let go of. Um, but actually, I realized there are much, much bigger things. And, you know, my experience of forgiveness is generally often around very petty interpersonal squabbles about, you know, Rory sticking a bit of tape on the wall and making a mess of it again, or Josh nicking a laptop or something. Um, but actually, I know that there will be people here tonight who um, have things in their lives that they need to forgive that are huge and life-changing and damaging that I can't imagine and that I certainly couldn't talk about in this context. Um, so I really want to go in with, with sensitivity and saying, I think I understand that. I understand that some of these things are hugely horrible and people have to live with for their whole lives. But I also want to, to remind you that God knows that as well. Um, he, he loves you, he understands, and um, he's not challenging you to, to do anything you can't do in this forgiveness. You absolutely can do it, and he, he knows that. Um, so... Let's dig into this passage. The, the parable uh, that Jesus told would have had a really clear message to his listeners. Uh, the parables are, of course, very much like when a preacher today um, tells you a story about their guinea pig in order to show you the importance of cheese and Christian theology. That, that, is, that is the very same thing that, that Jesus is doing that then with parables. He's bringing stuff into context. Um, only just as the guinea pig wouldn't have made sense to them then, uh, sometimes things Jesus said don't necessarily make sense in our context. So I'm going I'm to dig into that a little bit. In the first part, it says, um, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Then Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So to put this in the, the context of what's just been happening, um, the, the disciples were talking about who was the greatest among them with the strong kind of subtext that, yeah, it's one of us, isn't it? Um, uh, and, uh, and then Jesus has talked about how to deal with sin and conflict within the church. So that is why Peter is thinking along these lines. It's not totally random. Um, this was not a culture where humility or forgiveness were necessarily high priorities, okay? We live in a Western culture where those things are considered, if not necessarily something to shoot for, they are considered virtues because we've been heavily influenced by Christianity over the last 2,000 years. But actually, those things wouldn't have been terribly, terribly important back then. So Peter is trying to be top of the class. Peter's going, Lord, I get what you are saying here. I get it, and aren't I great? And I get the forgiveness. He's being actually quite arrogant in some ways. Now, rabbis at the time, they were talking about forgiveness. They were talking about forgiveness. And there was a sort of consensus among rabbis that a good Israelite might forgive someone three times. That is how many times a good Israelite back then would forgive someone. So Peter is actually taking that number, doubling it, and adding one. Um, it's a bit like me eating 10 fruit and veg in a day, which did happen once, but only because I count lemon yum-yums as fruit. Um, and so Peter is going above and beyond. But then Jesus turns around and says, no, 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 smarty pants, no, 77 times, or actually in some translations you'll see 70 times 7. It's, 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 it's a challenge of translation, but it actually it doesn't matter what the literal answer is. The important thing here is the repetition of the number 7. 
Now, in the Bible, the number seven is God's number. It is representative of perfection, of completeness. And the fact that seven is repeated here, what Jesus is saying is to forgive 77 times, they would have understood that they are intended to forgive completely and fully. They are to forgive over and over again, repeatedly. So he illustrates that with this parable. And uh, he follows up with this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. So again, to give you some context, the amount of money we're talking about here would have had a value today in the tens of millions of pounds. It was a huge sum of money. The exact amount is actually up for debate a little bit, but it was tens of millions of pounds. It was supposed to be more than this man could pay back. Again, you can context, this was more money than the entire province of Judea was giving to the Roman Empire in taxes every year. It was more than the entire province of Judea was giving it to Rome in taxes. So this is an amount that this servant could never earn, let alone pay back. The servant is up a creek without a paddle. He is stuffed. He owes a debt beyond his ability to ever pay. He doesn't have a hope. And this king, showing extraordinary generosity, because this is the kind of money that puts a dent in even the super rich's wallet, showing extraordinary generosity, he wipes out the debt, cancels it. Not as a servant says. A servant says, give me more time. I will pay you back. The king wipes out the debt. So the servant represents you and I. The king, as in any good parable, represents God. And we owe God a great debt. It is one that we can never repay. Every sin we commit hurts him. And there's no way that we can undo that. Every sin adds to our debt. Whatever we do, however we try, whoever we are, we cannot hope to ever pay God back. And so he did something. He sent Jesus, the only person who ever lived who has a clear ledger, who has no sin and could take on our sin and so that we could be forgiven. He paid our debt for us. God wiped the slate clean and our debt is cancelled and all we have to do is declare Jesus as Lord and follow him. That is the message of that first part. But let's be clear, our debt to God is not small and the price that he paid for it was not minor. And that's really actually quite important that we are clear that the debt that we owe God is not small. There are people who will tell you that you forget about your own sin. That's actually not important. And that Christians talk too much about the gospel. And actually, none of Jesus, what Jesus says here makes any sense unless we are clear that our debt to God is immense. It is not a small thing. Every sin matters to God. And that is not trivial him to forgive it. Jesus paid a huge price for you and for me. The kind of money he's talking about here is not a small amount. And actually, um, I didn't plan to say this, and this is always dangerous when I go off piece. However, um, I think when we're talking about forgiveness, this is really doubly important because those of us who really, really struggle with these huge issues of forgiveness, I think often have had trouble accepting how much God loves us. 
And so, yes, we do owe him a huge debt, but also, actually, that huge debt, the reason that he's chosen to pay that for us is because, we must remember, he loves us more than anything. He loves us a huge amount. God didn't have to do anything. He could have left us to our fate. But he loves us more than we can ever understand, and so he gave us an out. And how should we respond to this? Well, not like this. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. So the amount of money here actually is a lot smaller. It's a lot smaller, but actually it's still a lot. This amount of money probably would have been, it would have been a few months' wages. And I don't know about you, but I could do with a few months' wages in cash. I could, I could, I could handle that. Um, so it's a significant debt, but nowhere near as much as the first servant owes the king. But it's the same scenario. It's the same scenario. The, the man owes the debt. The other man grabs him and goes, pay me back. This, but instead of responding as the king did where not only does he say, okay, you know, you can have some more time to pay it back, but actually, I forgive the debt. This guy, this guy goes, no, 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 you can't have more time. And in fact, I am going to throw you into prison to get my debt back. So he goes in exactly the opposite direction. He has no mercy. He actually even begins to choke his fellow servant. Jesus is warning us against being like that first servant. God has forgiven us everything, and his expectation is that we do the same for others. So it becomes not a case of forgiving other people three times or seven times or even 77 times, but actually forgiving another person as much as God has forgiven us. As much as we can and as many times as we have to. And I don't think actually the 77 times thing is actually just about occasions. I think it's also about scale. Not just how many times can we forgive someone, but what are we willing to forgive That's really clear from the passage. Jesus is placing a direct comparison between our forgiveness and God's forgiveness. And God, if we ask him, will forgive anything. And actually, we need to do the same. We need to be able to forgive anything. But we all have our limits, don't we? Oh, I'll forgive anyone as long as they don't hurt my family. Heard that one before? I'll forgive anyone anything as long as they don't disrespect me. I'll forgive anyone anything as long as they don't break my heart. I'll forgive anyone anything as long as they say they're sorry. But Jesus calls us to forgive everything and to forgive every time. I'm not saying it's easy. Please hear me saying that I do not want to belittle anyone's pain. I know there are worse things that happen to people in this world than have happened to me. And as I say, worse things than I'm comfortable to talk about really. But... um, I'm definitely not saying that what someone has done to you, something that someone has done to you doesn't matter. And neither is Jesus, in fact. You notice the size of the debt he's talking about is still large. It is still a large debt. It is not an insignificant thing, and Jesus sees that. But that is why Jesus starts starts off talking about our sin. Because no matter how large that debt is, it is still tiny compared to the huge debt that we owe God in our sin. When people hurt us and damage us, when they turn our world upside down, of course, it can be really, really tough to turn around and forgive them, 
especially if we think they might do it again. Someone once asked me how they should go about forgiving someone if they knew that they might do it again. Or they almost certainly would, in fact. And actually, that is a, that is a tough question. I didn't have an answer to, for them then, to be honest. I don't have a, a full answer now. But as I've been thinking about this, it's come to mind, and a couple of thoughts that might be helpful. The first is that I think to truly love people the way that Jesus did, um, sometimes we are going to have to risk being hurt. If you look at how Jesus loved people, he took risks with damaged people. Peter is a great example. He denied even knowing Christ, and yet a few days, days later, Jesus was back there asking Peter if he loved him. Nathaniel was sarcastic and rude. Judas was someone Jesus treated as a friend, but Jesus knew long before it happened that Judas was going to betray him, but he still treated him as a friend. I'm not necessarily saying we need to open ourselves up um, to people who are damaging. Uh, I'm not encouraging anyone to put themselves at risk, but I am saying that we probably can't just cut someone out of our lives because they've hurt us and we feel like it. Actually, we as Christians, we need to take a step beyond that. The other thought I had is is that Jesus always treated people as individuals. He didn't have the same approach or the same relationship with any two people. Um, And that's something that we really need to take notice of as Christians, I think, and and in this area particularly. Um, Just because we forgive someone for what they've done doesn't necessarily mean we forget what we've learned about them as a character. Um, And it doesn't mean we necessarily approach them with naivety in future. We absolutely put whatever happened behind us. That's really important. Someone once told me, I I, I can forgive, but I can't forget. What she was saying was, I can't forgive. Um, But we perhaps maybe are more careful with how we we treat that person in future. Perhaps we don't open up to them um, quite as fully in future when the opportunity arises um perhaps we choose not to go into business with them a second time um perhaps we just don't put them in a position where they're going to be tempted to hurt us again so we are to forgive completely and we are to forgive extensively but that is not easy so how can we act differently as a result of what we have read today so that we can do better at it well i have come up with a three-step approach hashtag anglican um Look back, look inside, look forward. So first of all, I suggest that we look back. At the heart of this passage is the fact that God has offered us forgiveness. That is the foundation of our forgiveness for others. I think that when we lose sight of that, when we become self-righteous, that is when we are going to find it hardest to forgive other people. But if we maintain a right understanding of our own place as saved sinners... We can't possibly look down on others, whatever their failings might be. So when we need to forgive someone, the first thing that we need to do is to recenter ourselves on what Jesus has done for us. That can give us some much-needed perspective. Secondly, look inside. Now, I think this is probably one of the hardest and perhaps in some ways least useful for people who've been really, really, really hurt by somebody, but it can be really helpful. Look inside. Um, Look inward and try and understand what has happened to make you angry. In the parable... We don't know why this servant suddenly wants this debt paid back so, so desperately. We don't know. Um, true, it's a lot of money, but he actually obviously hasn't been quite this keen on it until now. The other servant was walking around free after all. Um, perhaps he's greedy. Perhaps part of him still wants to try and pay back the king. But it doesn't matter. The point is that even though there is a genuine debt there, I think we can see that this first servant's um, attitude to that debt isn't entirely healthy. 
And I know that often when I need to forgive someone, I need to take a good long look at, inside, look at myself, and find out actually why, why am I finding it so hard to forgive this person? Usually in my case, actually, it's because my pride has been hurt. I don't know if that's the case for other people. It certainly is for me. My pride often is what causes me to be angry with somebody. Maybe, though, I'm worried about the situation hurting someone else. Maybe I'm worried about what they're going to do um, elsewhere. There could be all sorts of reasons. But whatever they are, understanding why you were upset with someone can help to forgive them. Uh, it's also worth trying to look inside the other person, however unpleasant that might be sometimes, to understand why they've done what they've done. Uh, if you look at Jesus' interactions, you realize actually that he did this all the time. He was always looking at people's backgrounds to understand them better. He always looked at where people were coming from. Perhaps they have been, a particularly, have been having a particularly hard time recently. Perhaps they simply do not understand you and what makes you tick and there's just been some kind of disconnect. Perhaps there's something in their past that has made them react in a certain way. Um, anyone who's heard one of my sermons before knows that my, my relationship with my father comes up quite often. Um, we did not have a great relationship. Um, he had a bit of a temper. He had something of a drug habit uh, and became an alcoholic later in his life. Um, and on, on, on more than one occasion, my mum had to stop us from starting a fist fight with each other, which wouldn't have ended well. He was a large man. I fight dirty. Um, and I think the first time that he managed to tell me that he loved me was the day I went off to university, which is great. I'm glad he managed that. But actually, dads, um, that is not the first time you should tell your son that you love them. They don't know how to take it. Um, so this is all fine. He, you know, I, I am a full, healthy, functioning human being. I'm not giving all this information for any other reason except to understand my father a little bit so I can explain this point. Um, he did his best. But ultimately, uh, as I became an adult, I actually started to feel like the adult in that relationship. Um, and it was a difficult relationship. It took me a long time to forgive him. The revelation for me was when I realized what his childhood had been like, though. Um, my dad grew up uh, in Ireland uh, at about 70 years ago now. Uh, he was expected to stand up when women entered the room, which is a great practice in many ways, but probably gives you an idea of the, the era that we're talking about. His father was a figure of fear rather than a figure of love, and that was regarded as pretty normal. He was sent off to boarding school at an early age. Uh, he absolutely worshipped his mother, but he also told me many, many times that um, in the time that he knew her, she kind of gained control of the medicine cabinet at the, uh, the nursing home that she ran and was uh, high as a kite most of the time. And when I put my father into that perspective, he actually starts to look like a pretty progressive dad compared to what he had growing up. And actually, the damage that that man was carrying around that made him a really, really difficult person to relate to suddenly makes a lot more sense. And actually, I, I think uh, towards the end of his life, I started to actually feel sorry for him more than I, I was angry with him. Um, and so... The point of all this is that sometimes when we really understand someone, it can give us some perspective on why they're treating us the way they're treating us. Finally, look forward. What practical steps can we take to forgive the person? Perhaps the most important thing to do is to pray about it and to bring the issue before our God because our God is in the business of forgiveness. And no one is going to understand or be able to help like he can. So we pray about it. It may be worth talking it out with a, one of our brothers or sisters in Christ. 
that might be a helpful thing to do. It may even be worth um, bringing the issue before the person who's hurt us because sometimes we haven't done that yet. And sometimes, actually, it's going to be really unhelpful to do that. Uh, it's very much discretionary, that one. Um, but sometimes it is worth, you know, sucking it up and saying, okay, we need to talk this out. So look back, look inside, look forward. Um, I have no doubt that nearly every one of us here tonight has someone in our lives that we need to forgive. I've probably got several. Um, the strong message of this parable, though, is that forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people forgive. And the challenge I want to raise in prayer as the prayer team come forward is this, and the band probably as well. Um, for some of us, we have perhaps never accepted God's love and forgiveness for our sins. We've never stood before him and said, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. If that's you, then first and foremost, before you even begin to look at how your relationships with other people are going, um, can I suggest that the best thing you can possibly do is to accept God's forgiveness, stand before him and say, Lord, I want to be your child. Um, Best decision you'll ever make. And tonight is an opportunity to do that. The prayer team will be very happy to do that with you. Um, For everyone else, it's very simple. There may be someone in your life that you are having trouble really forgiving, or indeed, um, who you are feeling God prompting you right now, you need to forgive for the first time. Um, And the prayer team will be here to help you with that. I'm also going to suggest controversially that some of these difficult things you may wish to pray with a friend instead, and um, hopefully you've got someone around you right now who you can just turn to after this and say, "Um, can we pray together? Um, It's not something you have to trot out your life story in front of a stranger at the front to deal with. You can talk to a friend. Um, so as I end talking about one of the hardest things about our faith forgiving everyone um, shall we just pray Father God as the band come up um, thank you for your forgiveness thank you that even with the scale of our sin you are willing to forgive us for all that we've done Thank you for Jesus' sacrifice. Thank you that even though it cost you so much, you were willing to free us. Lord, I pray that you would prompt us to forgive those that we need to forgive. Pray that we would be known as a forgiving people, a people who go above and beyond what is normal to release people. Pray that you'd help us love all those around us and to forgive every slight no matter how big how small how unimportant it might seem pray that you will help us to do that thank you lord for all you've done for us amen